Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lauren, and I am here to talk about relationship goals. Today's conversation is all about relationships with God and with others. So we're going to be talking about singleness, friendships, dating and courting, marriage. It is for everyone. And we're going to also be diving into how God inspires us to be in relationship with himself and with others. Are you ready to have the discussion? I hope so. Let's get some context. All right, so as I mentioned, we're going to be having a lot of conversation today around relationship goals, and I want to talk about this because recently I had a lot of thoughts about how relationships can easily be misconstrued based upon emotions and based upon the negative actions of people that we see in today's society, but I want to clear that up, especially for the believer and for people who have professed Jesus to be their Lord and Savior about how God views relationships, how God views how we are to live with him individually and commune with him as far as singleness just as individuals in society regarding our friendships our partnerships who we connect with regarding dating courting who we become intimate with and ultimately who we marry in life so first and foremost i want to start with our oneness with god so it's important for us to have a sort of self-awareness about ourselves regarding how god sees us um and so it starts here genesis 126 i always start at genesis 126 just because that's the foundation of of our existence of who we are and a lot of people kind of start at sin um, and how sin just kind of infested the world. But truly, God created us before sin. He created us in his image and likeness. So Genesis 1.26 um, reads as follows. It says, "Let us." then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we see here that God created us in his image, in his likeness from the foundation of the world. So we we're first made in his image. But then to be self-aware and to understand who we are, we're next taught throughout the entirety of the Bible how to live according to this image in which we were created. So if you continue reading after Genesis, if you've ever studied the Old Testament, then you kind of see how God tries to help out his people in the beginning of time before Jesus comes into the picture, how he tries to help out his people in living holy lives for him. Um, just truly, all they had to do was live according to his commands, obey him, follow his lead, and worship him period. It was pretty easy back then, even though it seemed complicated. But now that we have Jesus, um, who took on all of the law upon himself, he fulfilled that in himself as a man, um, coming to earth. And as a result of that, we now have access to everything that the father wants to give to us through Jesus. And so now we're not, required to fulfill the law the way the Israelites were required in the Old Testament, but we are taught to live according to the image in which we were created 
by Christ Jesus. So when we get an understanding of who Jesus is, when we get an understanding of our relationship with God through Jesus, which we continue to learn as we read the New Testament, then we get a glimpse of how God wants us to live according to how he created us. And then we're called to examine ourselves. So as you continue to read the New Testament, not only do you become saved when you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but it's a constant battle between our flesh and our spirit right our flesh wants to do one thing our spirit wants to do another thing we're always called to examine ourselves based on how we were first made and in order for us to do that it's going to require us to recall the original truth that we learned daily it requires us to recall that we are first made in his image and his likeness and it is requires us to recall that Jesus took it upon himself to fulfill the law so that we would not have to. And as a result, we put our faith and our trust in Jesus who intercedes for us on our behalf. That is the gospel. That is what we do. We remind ourselves of that truth daily so that we start the cycle over again. We recall and we remember that we're first made in his image. And then we learn according to the Bible, how to live according to that image. But we examine ourselves daily based on how we were first made and then we recall these truths. So it's a constant cycle that continues. The cycle is how we become self-aware in our walks with Christ based on what we have been given in God's word. So that is the self-awareness, the relationship with God that he established from the beginning of time that he wants for us. Even now, even though it's taken a turn, he completely uh, rectified that through Jesus. And now we have that oneness with him again, like we had from the beginning of time. So then based on our self-awareness, based on the knowledge of our identity, we learn how to be in good standing with others. And that is how friendships and partnerships are formed. Now I'm talking about platonically. So nothing intimate per se yet. We are not getting that far yet. We're going to get there later on in the episode. But these friendships and partnerships are built on the foundation of identity when we are self-aware. Um, and then it becomes easy to notice that those traits um, that you learn about yourself or that you learn that God has created you to become, those traits become easy to identify in others, which often results in friendships and connections we make that we keep over long periods of time. So I'm talking about people you might call your best friend, your road dog, your ride or die. I mean, I don't know why you would want to ride or die. I would just want to ride and live. But anyway, those people who we... Uh, just connect with daily like we trust we have a camaraderie with we have uh just kind of a confidant a person that we just kind of trust um just to go to 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 be in relationship with for a long period of time that is not intimate but then also the platonic relationship regarding partnerships regarding business deals and how we connect with people that we um have similar interests with the people that we do business with the people that we link up with to do life with other than just have the same morals um so those kinds of relationships are built on our identity and the bible speaks a whole lot about these kinds of relationships that we have platonically both friendships and partnerships and i'm going to take us to proverbs chapter 17 
um, where it talks more about these friendships and how God views friendships. And then I'm going to go to verse 17. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to read along with me. But it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Truly talking about what friendship looks like, what um, how God sees or defines friendship for us and what that is supposed to look like when we make connections and not just friendship, but partnership as well. And then we go to first Thessalonians chapter five verses verse 11, where it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That is how friendship works. So you just don't connect with people and, um, you know, have this camaraderie and be happy together, but you build each other up. So it's truly beneficial for us. And I don't just mean physically because, it's easy to be built up when somebody wants to give you a car or when somebody wants to give you money or when somebody just wants to buy gifts for you all day long. But truly, you build each other up beyond the physical. So it goes well into the spiritual, into um, your soul, rather, the, the maintaining and the building up of your soul, your spirit, man. But then we also go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, which reads, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, I don't know how many people actually trust that church the church, the body of Christ is also considered our, I mean, we're considered brothers and sisters, but our friendship, like our group of friends, people who we connect with, we bond with, we relate to, people who we share our most intimate moments with, those are also friendships in the eye of the Bible. According to this verse, we stir one another up to love and good works in these gatherings, in these assemblies. And these are some of the best people to hook up with. And to, I mean, when I say hook up, I, I just mean make connections with it to, to be, to be built up as a Christian, as a believer, as someone who truly entrusts God with their lives. The people who are meeting together that are not neglecting this constant gathering, but you're, they're encouraging you all the more as you see the day drawing there, which is, Christ returning but what happens when we choose otherwise and we lose sight of who we really are through our friendships which happens so let's say you become self-aware but your friendships don't really reflect that maybe because of a battle with um with sin with greed with lust with things that temptations and things that lead to sin you see you covet something or you see something that someone has that you think is better than what you already have in um, as far as your walk, your self-awareness or who you are or who you believe to be, your identity. Let's say um, your friendships don't reflect that. How does that look for a believer? Well, we've got lots of scriptures to define that. But, we, um, but I want to bring you just to a couple of them that just kind of bring light to what that kind of friendship looks like. And I want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. And it says, do not be deceived. Hello. Bad company ruins good morals. So while it's enticing, while it seems better in the moment, when we connect together with people who do not have a, an awareness of themselves that connects back to the foundation foundational truths of the Bible and their identity in Christ, when they don't have an awareness of that self, then it becomes deceptive. Like we begin to feed into the lie that we believe 
that is only good for maybe the moment in our eyes, which it seems appealing, it seems enticing in the moment, but bad company, like this verse says, ruins good morals. And then we go on to James 4 and 4, which you may have heard, um, you know, over the years. James 4 and 4, which reads... You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So this friendship is not necessarily just talking to people or uh, just getting to know people of the world, but literally like linking up, bonding with them like platonically through partnerships, through, um, you know, just, you know, trying to make your morals tied together, like truly like confiding in people of the world and being guided or using counsel from the world to guide your life. That kind of camaraderie and friendship and partnership is enmity with God. Like friendship with the world is enmity with God. And he uses that strong language because truly it's it's detrimental to our spirit. Man, it doesn't build us up. It doesn't encourage us. It doesn't edify. It doesn't bring us back to the truth of the gospel with, of which we first learned when we became self-aware, when we learned about who we truly are. And then there's one more verse I want to bring light to, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness so again not just limited to friendships but partnerships as well whether it be doing business with people who just don't have that fervor for christ people who have no foundation no self-awareness not are not rooted and grounded in their identity in christ who are not led by the spirit of god but are led by the world led by carnality led by emotions led by everything else that does not scream christ um so these things are are painted heavily about platonic relationships because out of identity and camaraderie or these platonic relation, relationships develops intimacy. And that's a huge reason on why we're to remain guarded with what kinds of friendships and partnerships we form. And it's also important to know that intimacy or intimate relationships are also maintained by continual cultivation of identity and camaraderie, of friendship, of partnership with the person that you are choosing to enter this intimate relationship with. And the different types of intimate relationships I speak on are dating, of course, and you know some people call it courting, and also marriage, which is an explicit display of God's intentions and desires um, fulfilling the purpose for relationships that he intended from the beginning of time. It's important to know that God God values all relationships and gives guidance for each season that we experience. So first and foremost, God desires oneness with him above all relationships that you establish. Uh, he constantly begs us to love the Lord our God. It's written in the New and the Old Testament. With all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, everything that we are, we are to first and foremost love the Lord our God and to develop a relationship with Christ. And then we're to commit to form relationships both platonically and intimately based on our foundational relationship with God. And then as we move from platonic to intimate, 
there's only one requirement that dates back to the days of the Mosaic Covenant. And that is found in the book of Numbers, chapter 36, verses 5 through 6. And it says, And Moses commanded the people of Israel according to the word of the Lord, saying, The tribe of the people of Joseph is right. This is what the Lord commands concerning the daughters of Zelophehad. Let them marry whom they think best. Only they shall marry within the clan of the tribe of their father. So you might hear all kinds of videos, advice, blogs, excerpts, posts, people's suggestions, opinions, all kinds of things about relationships and who to marry and who not to marry. A lot of which is good and advisable and smart, really, regarding our relationship with God. But the true ultimate requirement is in order for us to be effective in our relationship with God, in order for us to maintain a healthy self-awareness of our deepest, most intimate desire to to worship God, to be, to belong to God in the way in which we were created and to establish that going forward beyond our platonic relationships into an intimate relationship is if we marry someone and connect with someone and bond and yoke together with someone who is in the family of God. So back then it was a literal in the family, but now because of Jesus, we are no longer Jew nor Gentile. We are just one family, one body of Christ. And so that family has now been widened um, and we're connected now to so many people who we may not have been connected to under the Mosaic Covenant, but now under the family of God. Now, some people are a lot further along in their faith. This is not that segment to discuss that. But what it is, is just saying that we are guided in everything that we do, whether it is um, our oneness with God, whether it is a singleness as individuals, whether it is as a friendship in a partnership whether we're dating, courting, or married, we're guided by that truth that is our foundational value. So the goal of this episode was not to give an opinion about relationships, but rather to give you enlightenment on how God establishes relationships and for you to trust God to help you pursue relationships as he inspires. I'm glad to give you more input about this episode. Any scriptures you want me to repeat or you want to reach out to me and get some clarity about Please, I'm glad to do that for you. And I want you to give me some feedback. So in the app, your favorite podcast app that you open to listen to this episode, leave me a comment, rate this episode, show me what you think, tell me what you think. Um, that will truly help me to give content, good content for future listeners who will hear this episode in future episodes. Also, have you visited my website lately? This this site has been up for quite a while now, so if you've not seen it, it is called notyouraveragegirl.org. That's where you can find weekly encouragement, blog posts, Bible studies, and so much more. Also, I am on social media, y'all. Comment, like, share, and tag me in this episode. Um, and share this with your friends. Tell everybody. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. So first and foremost, before we end this episode, I want to encourage you to study God's word. That is truly the only way you're going to learn how to be in relationship with God and others. And can't nobody tell you nothing different, okay? <laughs> and if they try, they are wrong. Be guided by the word of God. And remember as you read, remember to read by faith and you will grow in grace. And don't forget to do it all in context, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening in with me, Lauren Thomas. Until next time. Bye.